0: Welcome to the Big Mouth Small Words Sports Talk Podcast. I wish I had some good things to say in this one, but no, this is not going to be a fun one to talk about. (laughs) Uh, The Bruins, my God. You know, when we last talked, everything was going well. Games one and two, we dominated. Game three, you know, went their way. Game four, we win it on their home ice. We're coming home game five. Things look really good for us to close it out. And Tuca, once again, craps his pants. It's my opinion. I, God, he just looked horrible. Had to get pulled. Doby comes in, doesn't let in a goal. They didn't give him much of a chance, like, to screw that up. But that was a game. We have 45 shots. We should win that game, and we don't. Game six, you know, we we go in there. It starts off pretty good for the Bruins. Jake DeBrus gets a goal right off the face-off. We're up one-zero, and then thirty freaking seconds later, Tuukka Colettes in a soft one. I'm sorry, that was a soft goal. It, I, I you, I'm sick of people defending him. And listen, I was one of them. I was one of the people that that want, I always I'm, I'm waiting for him to take that next step, and he never seems to do it. He had some moments in this game where he was really good, but too freaking little and too late. I mean, 30 seconds after they tie it one-to-one, and we're lucky that uh, Hyman's goal got taken off due to goaltender interference, which it was goaltender interference, but I'm just saying. They had a lot of momentum. They almost go up 2-1. They don't. And then Martian, my God, did he have a bad game six really, really bad. Fumbles a loose puck. Torrey Krug leaves the zone early, and they leave Tuca in no man's land. That's not on him. Mitch Marner scores a backhand goal. There's nothing Tuca can do in that situation. They hung him out to dry. Maple Leafs lead 2-1, to one, and that's pretty much all you need to know. Toronto didn't didn't do shit in the third period. We were right there. We were knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking on the door, and we just can't make a freaking play. It is Unbelievable. Thomas Volcanic will hit an empty netter at the end, which he should. Honestly, I don't like to whine about the refs, but my God, David Backus gets cleaned out, which is the only reason that Volcanic, that useless piece of garbage, had a chance to hit that empty net goal. And here we are in this position, man. Game seven, like, come on with this crap. And, you know, I have a lot of friends that we're constantly this year saying I don't want to buy into the team I won't buy into the team because they're going to screw me over in the end blah 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 and the whole year I'm looking at i like gosh shut up please like just root for the team which I'm going to root for the team no matter what but I get their point when we're going to game seven against the Maple Leafs when we should have closed it out game five I get it I understand your frustration I really do because damn I'm frustrated right now but we cannot look to the past all we can do is look to the future and you're left with a with a question of uh, Do you play Ryan Donato? Do you play him in Game Seven? You know the final buzzer uh, had barely sounded in the air can the Air Canada Center when uh, tweets began pouring in. Man, Bruins played Donato. Why isn't Donato playing? Everybody on my feed, Donato should be in for Game Seven. The Bruins need scoring. Shit, no pressure on the kid, right? You really want to rely on a rookie in that situation? I mean, on the surface, I understand people's point. It's, it's not hard to see why people want Donato in. The Bruins have had a miserable time scoring goals since Game 2, and Donato is a filthy natural scorer. He's got scoring touch for days, so I understand. Uh, he had five goals in 12 games after joining the Bruins. He's shown a knack for getting the puck in the net, so logically, I understand But while Donato, like, had his moments during the regular season, he also had moments where he looked like a a boy among men, you know? Like, in the last game of the regular season against Florida, Donato looked gassed. He was getting rubbed off the puck. He was losing battles everywhere. And that's not a recipe for playoff success. I'm sorry. So, basically, it's going to come down with Cassidy to him choosing between Ryan Donato, Tommy Wingles, or Danton Heinen. And, you know, who do you choose in that situation? I'll tell you who I choose, but I'll make a case for everybody. Uh, uh, Let's say Tommy Wingles, okay? At times in this series, the Leafs have struggled with uh, the energy game brought by Sean Corrales, Tim Schaller, and Nolachari. The fourth line has been throwing big hits. They've started rallies, no doubt, and they generally have looked effective, a lot more effective than, than a lot of the lines lately. If your perspective is that the Leafs struggle with that kind of game, it would make sense to play Wingles. He can play that kind of rough-and-tumble, energy-laced game. However, Wingles didn't really do shit in game six, and while he wasn't bad, he wasn't good. With the team starved for offense, it probably makes sense to put a guy in there with a a higher offensive game when you're going into a must-win Game 7. So in my mind, Donato, uh, or uh, Wingles, is out. Danton Heinen. Simply put, Heinen has a better resume right now than Donato. You know, Heinen has a full season of pro hockey under his belt. 16 goals 31 assists 47 points totals in 77 games i mean he was pointless in five playoff games though <laughs> so heinen has shown a good fit with uh, riley nash and david backus and game seven is no time to start throwing random lines out there heinen is more pro ready right now than donato and has shown his ability to score in a number of different ways. Uh, it, it hasn't happened for Heinen yet in the playoffs, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it won't. For a stretch during the, the regular season, the Heinen-Nash-Backus line on the Bruins was the most productive. Getting the, the band back together would probably provide a boost. So, I mean, I like Danton Heinen, but then again, it's easy to make a case for Donato. Well, the case l- look no further than uh, everybody on Twitter is asking for it. <laughs> and all jokes aside, Donato has tremendous offensive upside. Nobody's going to deny that. The Bruins haven't been able to score to save their lives, so it makes sense to put crazy offensive talent there. Donato showed potential with David Krejci earlier in the season, and Rick Nash had his best games. Uh, Rick Nash had his best game. In game six, on the third line, I thought that Nash played fantastic. And, you know, it might help spread the firepower throughout the lineup a little more to have it, to have um, Ryan Donato in there. Many of my concerns, though, about Donato is the same that has always been. How's he even going to hold up and play off hockey? Could he handle the physicality, the pace of play? Like, as we've seen pretty much, and any Bruins mistake seems to end up at the back of their net, so that could give Cassidy pause when it comes to putting a rookie in the lineup. It stands to reason, you know, however, that if you need goals, you go with the purest goal scorer. Among these three, that's Donato. No doubt, but but if it's up to me, I'm playing Heinen. Let him back out there with Nash and Backus. He showed over the course of the season that he belongs there, so let him go out and earn it in these playoffs. Let him set the tone, be a little physical, and and let them get some gritty goals. I really, truly believe that he can step it up and make that happen. I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I would like to say that the Bruins are going to go out there and they're going to dominate on home ice, but at the end of the day, no one really knows what's going to happen. To me personally... I'm thinking that Rask is going to have a game. (laughs) Don't say that with the utmost confidence, but I think he will have a game. I think the Bruins are going to score at least four goals in this game. I see that, even though Anderson's been hot. I think we come out real strong, and we are too much for them. We have outplayed the Leafs a lot in this series, and their goalie bailed them out. Well, this time, I think the refs are going to let them play. And I think we're gonna get it going. And I think we win game seven, four to two. That's what I think. What do you guys think? Leave a message for me. Tell me I'm dumb. Tell me you want the not to win. Tell me whatever you want to. That's my prediction for the Bruins. Let's get to some Celtics. as if the Bruins blowing a 3-1 series lead and having to go to Game 7 wasn't bad enough. As last we talked, the Boston Celtics were up 2-0 in the series. Well, say peace out to that. The Celtics now return to the Garden with the series tied 2-2. Celtics lost Game 3 in a blowout. They did not offer much resistance to the Bucs, who played with a hell of a lot more intensity, very strong defense on their home court, and they just dominated us in game three no, no nothing more to say. that's just that's what happened. Game four, you know the bulk the bucks built a twenty point lead, but the Celtics fought back to take the lead late in the fourth, and I thought they had that game, and boy, they should have had it, but you know they followed the bucks by two at the end. Oh, that was rough, man. The Celtics have to keep the mindset that they had in the second half of game four going into game five tonight. Celtics got to find their defense. It's been missing since the playoffs started. Even in games one and two, we played great offensively, but we did not play good defense. <laughs> they they got to play as a team. They got to work together on both ends of the court. I don't know what Brad Stevens is doing right now, but he needs to figure it out. They got to play smart. In the first two games, we didn't have any turnovers really. I mean, we had some, but not a lot. And and, and now in the last two games, my God, we have a, like a million of them. They got to they got to they got to figure it out. The Bucks are likely going to keep the same starters as they did in games 3 and 4 as they were effective. Just the number one thing for the Celtics in my opinion for game 5 is defense and how freaking looia, It's looking like Marcus Smart has been cleared medically to play this game. According to Brad Stevens, it's a game-time decision, but I'm pretty sure that, uh, yes, he's playing in this game, okay? If he does and when he does, he's going to bring a big boost to the Celtics' defensive, or at least their intensity. The Celtics have got to dig deep and get a win in this game, and then they've got to close it out in six. The Philadelphia 76ers lead the series with the Heat 3-1. They're going back to Philadelphia for Game 5. They're going to win. They're going to close that series out. Philly looks real good. We need to figure this ish out. Okay? You understand? (laughs) Because it has to happen. And I'm going to go over a few matchups that I think are the most important. Uh, Number one, uh, Al Horford versus Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. This has been the key matchup in every game so far, and it remains the key matchup in this game. Okay, Ante Takumpo had 35 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists, and 3 steals in Game 1. We still won. He followed that up with 30 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, while shooting 75% from the field. He played just 27 minutes in Game 3, and he still finished with 19 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, and 2 blocks. In Game 4, he had 27 points, 60% shooting, 7 rebounds, and 5 assists. Al Horford, we're going to need you to play a game, my friend. You're not going to be able to completely nullify this guy. That is for damn sure. But you have to play better D on this dude or else there's no point even showing up. Jason Tatum against Chris Middleton. Shit, I mean, this is another one that, that we're not winning. Game 1, Middleton at 30, 31 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, shooting 60%. Second game, he's shooting 71%. Come on. Like, finishes with 23 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists. Shoots 59% from the field and 50% from beyond the arc in Game 4. Middleton is just, he's going off. It goes without, so it goes without saying at this point that the Celtics need to do a better job defending Middleton if they hope to win this game. Terry Rozier and Eric Bledsoe, I'm not going to bore you with all the numbers, as I just did. (laughs) But Terry Rozier outplayed Bledsoe, Games 1 and 2, easy. Since then, where you at though? Where the hell are you, Rozier? Because we could sure as hell—we need to know who you are and what you're doing. Eric Bledsoe said after Game Two, "Who the hell is Terry Rozier? I don't know who that is," and he's proven it to be right, dude. Step up, figure it out. Now I'm gonna say something right here, and this is just this is the key to everything. Celtics bench versus Bucks bench. This is all you need to know about the series. The Celtics' reserves scored 27 points to 23 points in the first game. Celtics win. Game two, Celtics' reserves put up 41 off the bench, while the Bucs' reserves scored 25 points. Guess what? We won. Up 2-0 in the series. Game three, the Bucs' reserves contributed to 48 points, and the Celtics only got 30. Bucks win. Game four, it was even worse. With the Bucs reserves putting up 31 points, while the Celtics reserves only put up 15. And by the way, Marcus Morris had 13 of the 15 points. What the friggin' hell are you guys doing? The Bucs bench was a plus 37 in Game 4, while the Celtics bench was a negative 30. Yo, wake up, guys. The Celtics bench simply has got to contribute if they want to try to win anything. My good God, Marcus Smart. I'm sorry to put the the weight of the world on your shoulders, but you need to figure it out. So I'm going to say game five, it's going to be all about that D, baby. All about the defense, okay? The Celtics led the league in defensive rating for the entire regular season. However, in this series, their defense has yet to freaking show up at all. They have allowed the Bucks to shoot 54% from the field and 44% from beyond the arc. The Celtics are capable of playing much better on the defensive end. And if the Celtics want to win this freaking series, they're going to have to tighten up their defense and get back to the team that had a 101.5 defensive rating in the regular season. In games three and four, The Bucs were the team playing tough defense. And the Celtics have to be better as a team on defense if they want to win Game 5. Defense, bottom line, is the freaking key. Now next to the whole defensive end, rebounding is the second biggest thing to me that I think. We, so far, the Celtics have done a good job on the boards. The Celtics are averaging 42.8 rebounds for the series compared to 38.2 for the Bucs. It takes effort to rebound and when the Celtics put that extra effort out onto the floor and rebounds it usually translates to other areas of their game. The Celtics must continue to crash the glass as a team and give an even more effort into the boards in this game. Rebounding is the second biggest thing, no doubt. And the third be fucking aggressive please. The Celtics have to be more aggressive from start to finish. Alright? They have to be aggressive in going after lose balls on defending and going to the basket and in grabbing rebounds. The Celtics were the more aggressive team in game one and two. And the Bucs were the more aggressive team in game three and four. The Celtics have to get back to being the team that plays harder and being more aggressive if they want to win. And that's pretty much it, man. Straight up. We got home court advantage, and that in itself has to give us the edge going into this game. All right? The X factor, and I'll just throw this out there. In games one and two, Brad was able to push all the right buttons. Use the right strategies to win. In games three, it was Joe Prunty who was able to get his team to play harder and do all the right things while the Celtics just couldn't get themselves going. In game four... The Bucs got out to the big lead, but Brad was able to make the adjustments to get the Celtics back into the game. Brad needs to have the Celtics playing their hardest and continue making adjustments to counter those made by the Bucs. Brad Stevens, this is your moment, man. You've got to win this one series. Otherwise, you're just going to show to everybody that all you need in basketball is a superstar. Out-coach these guys. Lead us to a first-series win, please. And we'll see what happens with the 76ers. I say the Celtics do come out. I say the Celtics win 107 to 92 in a somewhat dominant performance. I think it'll be close going into halfway through the third. And then in the fourth, we're going to start really pulling away. And I'm hoping that's what happens. You heard it here first. Go Celtics. Win this game and then close it out in game six. Let's go Celtics. Let's freaking go Bruins. The Bruins need to close out the damn game. Game seven Wednesday. Come on, boys. Let's go. Bruins and Celtics, the next time I talk to you, will have won their series. Both of them, baby. Both of them are going to be wins. I really hope that happens. Let's go Boston sports. <laughs> I will then talk to you guys about how well or crappy I did with my draft order. We'll go over all that. And do um, just uh, listen to Big Mouth Small Words podcast. And I hope you enjoyed. Have a good one.